Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. Here we go, Hebrews chapter 12. You ready? Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read a few passages from the message paraphrase, Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to jump into this, okay? It says this in Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to start at verse... Um, I'll start in the beginning. No, it says, no, that's not your experience at all. I'm reading from the message. You've come to the Mount Zion, the city where the living God resides. The invisible Jerusalem is populated by thrones of festive angels and Christian citizens. It is, it is the city where God is judged with judgments that make us just. You've come to Jesus who presents us, uh, excuse me, with a new covenant, a fresh charter from God. He is the mediator of this covenant. The murder of Jesus, unlike Abel's, a homicide that cried out for vengeance, became a proclamation of grace. So don't turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. If those who ignored earthly warnings didn't get away with it, what will happen if we turn our backs on heavenly warnings? Verse 26, his voice that time shook the earth to its foundations. This time he's told us this quite plainly. He'll also rock the heavens. One last shaking from top to bottom, from stem to stern. This phrase, one last shaking, means a thorough, listen to this, a thorough house cleaning, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. God is after the goods. (laughs) Let me put it like that. Verse 28, do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He is actively Cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is fire. One translation said he's a consuming fire. Back up in in verse 26 and 27, the phrase said, one last shaking, one last shaking. I want to talk about that, one last, one last shaking. I'm sure all of you would probably agree with me that um, over the last year or so and the times that we're currently living in, there are a few words that could describe our times. Um, As I said earlier, unusual, but probably a bit uncertain and, and definitely unstable from a natural perspective. I mean, you would agree. And in this particular text here, you have the writer of Hebrews that comes Um, in the first century, and he's writing to a group of Jewish Christians who are facing stress and persecution. During this particular time, their world was unstable. Their times was uncertain. They were surrounded by so many things that were going on that were contrary to what they were normally accustomed to, so much so that I'm sure a lot of them had a question mark for a brain, not quite sure what was going on. But the intent and the goal of this writer in this time 
he knew that even though the times were very difficult and tough, he came to bring encouragement to the people. He came to let them know that yes, things, times are uncertain. Yes, things seem to be unstable. And you don't know what's going to happen next. But I come to remind you and encourage you that there's a lot of shaking that's taking place. But what I want to remind you is this, is that you have received a kingdom that shall not be shaken. I don't want you to allow everything that's going on around you and everything that you're having to deal with and up against and face to get you so distracted and get you off course and get you on detours and caught up in things that you don't, that you, you fail to remember that you, as the body of Christ, as the church of the living God, has received a kingdom that shall not be shaken. Understand that this text reveals a contrast. There will be those things that shake, and there will be those that are unshakable. And it said that the only thing that is built on the kingdom of God will be able to stand the test of times. you got to understand anything whose foundation is not built on the kingdom will be shaken. If your faith, your trust, your dependency is not rooted and founded in God, I promise you, you will be shaken. I want to tell you, your marriage, your family, your children, your career, your business, everything that you want to see to that, that needs to endure and withstand the times and stand. I'm not saying that you become immune to problems, but if it's going to last, I come to declare to you, you better make sure it's kingdom. Are you treating people the kingdom way? Do you love your wife as Christ loved the church the kingdom way? Wives, do you treat your husband as the Bible teaches us the kingdom way? Parents, are we raising our children up the kingdom way? Young people, are you honoring and respecting your parents and authority the kingdom way? Because that's the way that we're going to last in these days and time. So many things are happening and transpiring, as Romans said, constantly trying to get us squeezed in this cultural mold that is so contrary to Christianity. I'm talking about real Christianity that keeps us from being everything that God calls us to be. And what God said is this. Notice it's not the devil that's doing the shaking. God said it's me that's doing the shaking. I'm after something. I'm after the goods. I'm not after religious routine. I'm not after pretending to be this and pretending that to be that. He said, I'm getting all rid of all the historical junk and religious junk that is cluttering the lives of my church and my people that is keeping them from experiencing me and the best life that I had for them. I'm shaking from stern to stern, from top to bottom to get rid of everything that is holding you back and keeping you back from walking in your God-given potential. God God loves you too much to let you stay where you are. He said there's coming a house. And listen, to be honest, you see it. There's been some house cleaning and he just got started and he's not finished. Come on, somebody. God is spring cleaning in Jesus' name. 
The Bible said this. You got to make sure that your house and your life is built on the kingdom. I want to say this just because God is on it don't mean God is in it. Oh, you, I'm going to talk to the people over here. I said just because God is on it, it doesn't mean God is in it. Just because it says Jesus, it doesn't mean it's Jesus. Come on, we got to talk real. We got to get more than just lips. It's got to be accompanied by a lifestyle. We need more than just charisma. We need character. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm sure you've heard it, but the old saying is, if you were arrested uh, for being a Christian, is there enough evidence in your life to convict you? Yeah, when you get saved, come on somebody, there, 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 there ought to be some birthmarks to every believer. I'm not saying that you got to be perfect because that don't exist. But what I am saying, when Jesus is really Lord of your life, you really have a little something, something that's changed. I may not, listen, I may not be where I want to be because it's all about the change of direction. I may not be where I want to be, but I'm not going in the direction I used to be. At least my life is turned toward the goal. But Come on, somebody. See, there's a difference between a secret sinner and a struggling saint. Let me go ahead and preach a little bit. Because, see, it's the difference between a sheep and a goat. I, I mean, a sheep and a pig. And you put up, imagine if this was a big mud hole right here, and you put both of them in there. That pig will wallow in that mud and turn. Come on. And wallow and wallow and have fun and sleep and have no desire to get out. But if you put a sheep in that mud, that sheep will start crying. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad. It'll start bad and it'll, it'll start shaking and twitching and it'll begin to do everything it possibly can to try to get out of that mud. You know why? Because the sheep, oh my God, the little sheep nature is different from a piggy nature. A secret sinner will wallow in sin and don't think nothing about it. But a struggling saint that says, I know I may have messed up and I know I got some struggles goes up. But I know this is not the life I'm going to live. I'm going to keep going to church. I'm going to keep reading my Bible. I'm going to keep raising my hand. I'm going to get some accountability in my life until I can come all the way out of this. Come on, is anybody hearing me this morning? See, the scripture said this. It said it. Let me give it to you like this. It says this. All those who say, Lord, Lord, shall not enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father. Notice there's a there just can't be a say. There's got to be a do. Let me read it to you in the message in the message paraphrase. And it says, knowing the correct password saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience, doing what my father wills. I can see it now at the final judgment. Listen to this. Thousands strutting up to me and saying, Master, we preach the message. We bashed the demons. Our spiritual projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You are out of here. 
It said that you got to have more. Ooh, it's quiet. Yeah, huh? yeah that, that hits different, don't it? But that's the truth because he said, I don't want people just using my name for personal gain. Just using me to get what you want and what you think. And, 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 and he said, oh, no, 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 that's not going to cut it. And what, what gets me, what ought to bring, bring great reverence and trembling and fear of God. It said thousands. This would not be a few. It would be a lot of ones who walked around professing one thing and living another and guess what you might fool free chapel you might fool the staff you might fool your friends and your family but all of us one day are going to have to stand before Jesus Christ and give an account and he will know the truth understand so my life has to be built On the kingdom of God. What do you mean the kingdom of God? Understand the kingdom of God is the rule of God. It's the sphere of God's influence. It's where God is ruling and reigning in my life. The Bible said this, the kingdom, watch this, it's spiritual. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Bible said the kingdom is eternal. Are you following me? In other words, when I talk about built on the kingdom, my life is built in a way that it is ruled subject to the authority of of God, of Jesus Christ, that he's king in my life. He's not savior, but he's also Lord. Some of us like savior. Many don't like Lord because he's savior. That's just fire insurance. But if he's Lord, that means I got to come on, submit, surrender, die to myself and allow him to transform. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you following me? But listen to me. That is the kingdom. And he said, that's the thing that will not be shaken. And when you got saved, Colossians 1 tells us that he brought you out of darkness and pulled you out of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom of his dear son. And understand in his kingdom, there's only one king. Let me just make that clear. There's only one king and he's the king of kings and his name is Jesus. Let me clarify that. It's not just God because we got all kind of gods this day. His name is Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the father except by him. Jesus, he's the lion and the lamb. Jesus, come on, he's the high priest and the sacrifice. Jesus, he's the lily and the rose. Jesus, he's the first and the last. Jesus, he's the beginning and the end. And I want to boldly proclaim this throughout all Orange County. There is no name under heaven whereby man can be saved except the name of Jesus. Jesus can save you. Jesus can set you free. Jesus can restore your life. Jesus can raise you up. Jesus is the truth and I don't care what anybody try to do nothing can stop that name give Jesus a great big shout of praise and I'll preach can I just preach like I feel it understand he said nothing but the kingdom is going to last but there's a shaking God will often use shaking For our benefit. He used shaking. For developmental purposes. God will shake us. In order to shift us. Shake us. In order to shape us. And what you got to understand. That when God is shaking. Shaking is not happening to you. But shaking is actually happening for you. 
because he has an end goal in mind. Remember, he sees your potential. He knows what he's got invested in your life. So one of the things that God will do when he used shaking, are you ready? I want you to take these notes out. Number one, he'll use shaking for separation. Separation. Let me pull out my little stuff right here. What do you mean separation, Javon? Separate the temporal from the eternal. The earthly from the heavenly. The false from the real. The flesh from the spirit. In other words, when he uses shaking for separation, he, he's trying to get, watch this, to your distinction. Is separation is what gives us distinction. Because he don't want you to fit in because you're not supposed to fit in. We're supposed to stand out. Jesus said this, my kingdom is not of this world. Come on, though we are in this world, we're not of the world. And it's my separation that gives me distinction. And it's my distinction that enables me to have tremendous impact and make a difference. And what God will do is take us some time through a process of shaking to bring separation. In the book of Amos, it says this. It says this. I'm about to give this commandment and will shake the house of Israel among all nations as one shakes a sieve. What is he talking about? He's talking about the process that they would shake or sift wheat to get to the grain. And what they would do is they would take wheat after they would harvest it. Number one, they would lay it all out and they would have ox to walk over it and trample on it and crush it and press it and stomp on it and jump on it. And after it's been pressed and stomped and crushed, then they would take it and get a fork and stick in it. And then throw it up in the air and let the resistance of the wind blow it all over the place. That was the second process of the separation. And if that wasn't enough, when it fell to the ground, they would pick it up and put it in a pot like this, a sieve that had little holes in it. And they would begin shaking it vigorously, just shaking, 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 shaking. And then at that point in time, all the other remains that were non-essential, that was not good for the grain, as they were shaking it, it would begin to fall through. And after it goes through that process, they would look down in the inside of that bowl and they say, now we got what we've been looking for. This is what's profitable. This is what we can come on. This is what is a blessing. Now we can take this and feed people and provide for people. Can I preach this for a moment? See, some of you are upset and still upset over things. Watch this that fell through. But could it be that God allowed it to fall through because it wasn't his best for you? You thought you were upset at the time. It fell through because it wasn't supposed to stay with you. It fell through because it wasn't God's best for you. She fell through. He fell through. It fell through because it wasn't God's best for you. Can I just go ahead and preach a little bit? Because sometimes God shakes us because some of the biggest things that need to be separated out of our life is some people. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes uh, we have unhealthy, uh, yes, uh, individuals in our life and connections. I call them flesh connections and they're not profitable. Uh huh. Can I preach a little bit? See, the Bible says this in Genesis. Watch this. It said after, watch this, Lot had separated from Abram. Then the Lord spoke and showed him the land. Okay, that don't make sense, does it? Let me show you this. Notice that after Lot separated, God spoke 
and God showed. Lot name means veil. I'm going to say it again. Lot's name means veil. In other words, once the veil was separated from Abram, he heard things he had never heard, and he began to see things that he never saw. But God had to separate the veil, the lot, out of his life. I want to ask you a question. What's your lot? What's, what's keeping you from seeing God's best for your life? What's keeping you from seeing God as God sees you? Could it be that there's individuals in your life that you think that they are critical, but they're actually a crutch and they're keeping you veiled from seeing God's best in your life? I don't need anybody in my life that is not trying to build me up according to the word of God. I'm sorry, I don't need it. And that's why God's, come on, are you shaking as an exit strategy? You have to tell some people, thank you for the experience. My t Our time has expired now you need to exit my life there's a separation number two you ready say separation number two say prioritization God will use shaking to reprioritize our life Matthew 6 says watch this what seek ye first the what the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you Seek first. What do you mean? I've got this bottle of a dr Italian dressing. Um, yeah. It's wishbone. That's what some of you need to get rid of. A wishbone and get a backbone. But anyway. <laughs> and, 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 and notice, notice this. This, this. It says this on the top. Shake well. Shake well. The reason why it has to shake well. Notice that the contents have settled at the bottom. What used to be at the top is now at the bottom. So when he says, I start to shake, it says, I got to get stuff back in its proper place. Because until I start shaking things up in your life, prayer used to be at the top, but now it's on the bottom. Worship used to be at the top, but now it's at the bottom. Ah, yes, I'm going to preach now. Be at the, come on, my family and my kids used to be at the top, now on the bottom. I'm so busy trying to make money and so busy trying to be successful, so busy trying to get things that what used to be a priority, I've allowed to get to the bottom. And God says, I love, whoop, oh, I did that. God said, I love you too much. I love that family too much. And I love those kids too much to let you keep going in the direction and letting everything slide to the back burner but let me shake it up a little bit in your life let me turn the heat up a little bit so prayer watch this is not a last resort it's your first response worship is not what I do on Sunday but worship is a lifestyle that I live that I'm not just loving my wife in two weeks on February the 14th but every day we walk in love and honor and I can get no amens right there and respect for each other God Anytime you settle, you'll always end up at the bottom. God has not called you to settle. 
Refuse to be addicted to average. That's I want to tell the young people. Refuse to be addicted to average. Don't you settle. Listen to me. Intentional mediocrity is a sin. And come on, when you don't give God your best, you rob the world of the contribution you could be making. I'm not standing in front of a, a just a, a bunch of people. I'm standing in front of a bunch of ministries. I'm standing in front of people that God wants to use to be king people and bring a change come on to our cities our communities our neighborhoods our nation our government and this world God does not want you to settle he gave you his best on the cross don't give him your less in your life number three you still with me got no choice I ain't going nowhere Number one, preparation. Separation. Number two, prioritization. Are you ready? Number three is preparation. What's this? Pepto-Bismol. I wish I could have some of my young people asking what this is. They don't know. They're like, what is that? Liquid cotton candy? No, it's Pepto-Bismol. Some of them Googling it right now. Put that phone up. But, but this is Pepto-Bismol. Um, it says, for use is active for relieves traveler's diarrhea. Ooh. Upset stomach due to overindulgence in food and drinking. Heartburn. Belching. Indigestion in, in of my eyes. Uh, fullness. Nausea. Ooh, they say, they say, listen, listen, what was that? Gas. But, but, but it says this real big though. It says, but shake well before use. Shake it. Got to shake it well before. Listen, shake well before use. Shake well. What do you mean shaking is preparation? Sometimes God will use shaking as a means of healing. Shake well before use. Some of us got to get well before use. And notice when you take this shake well before use, it's designed to do a work on the inside. Ah, yeah, heartbreak. I mean, heartburn on the inside. Uh, upset stomach or um, upset with bitterness or upset with resentment or upset with unforgiveness, upset with envy, upset with jealousy, upset. Ah, come on somebody. And he said, no, 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 no. So what I'll do is I'll use this season for medicinal purposes. And I'm just shaking things up. Yeah. When you come to, to this service and hear a word like this, or last Sunday when pastor Ben was here, whoever preaching and you really don't like it, but you know, it hit different shake well before it's use when God put that person of accountability in your life and they tell you what you need to know not what you want to hear shake well before the use don't get an attitude and you don't know me no 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 all of us need some good accountability and counsel in our life and there's nothing like a good mentor to shake you up and speak truth to you love you enough to look inside of you and says you got purpose you've got potential you can do great things but your attitude is nasty oh is that hard preaching in orange county y'all know i'm not no you know how i roll come on now no 
We need, because you know what? God is using that to do this right here. Shake well before use. You know why that's important? Because the reason why he's got to shake to separate and he's got to watch this. He's got to shake, watch this, to reprioritize and he's got to shake to get you well because he has something in mind. All that shaking up. I'm about to preach right now. Let me get this open right here. Mm-hmm. All that shaking up was to get you to a place that he can start shaking you out because you are the salt of the earth. Watch this. That's why when you felt trampled on, when you felt stepped on, when the wind of adversity was hitting your life, oh my God, when the when the pokes of people's mouth was against you, come on, when you feel like everything was shaken and you had to hear some tough counsel, all the while he was shaking you up so he can shake you out. I got to preach right here. Shake you out, young people in your school. Shake you out, businessman in the world of economics. Shake you out, ma'am, in politics. Shake you out, sir, in college. Shake you out in arts and entertainment. Shake you out in the music industry. Shake you out in men. God's ready to shake out some music. Shake out some ministries. Shake out some businesses. Shake out some careers. Shake it out. Come on, somebody. I come to get the salt out of the shaker in Free Chapel, Orange County, because we got a world to reach for the glory of God. Woe be unto us if we refuse to be shook out. Give Jesus a shout of praise, and I'll move on. Oh! The shaking is for your making. The shaking is for your shifting. You're shaking. That's why Jesus said, he said, listen, disciples, when you go into a city and they reject you, he said, before you can go on to the next city, to the next destination. He said, you got to shake the dust off. Ah. He said, because you can't take the stuff from this season into the next season. You can't carry the remorse of this season into that season. You can't carry the regrets of this season into a new season. You can't, you can't carry, yeah, the failures. You messed up. You made mistakes. You screwed up, if I could say that. But where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And you got to shake off the dust, he said. Shake off condemnation. Shake off guilt. Shake off shame. Shake off insecurity and low self-esteem. Because there's a destination that's awaiting you. A city that's where, oh God. See, that's what happened to Apostle Paul. The Bible said when he was bit by that viper. Poisons, it should have killed him. But maybe Paul was a man who had already been shook on Damascus Road. So it gave him power to shake the devil. Good God. He was shook on Damascus Road so he could shake off the devil. Watch this. Notice it was a viper that bit his hand. Some of you 
need to shake the mouth off of you. The mouth that spoke word curses over you. Thank God our pastor said this last week of the fast was to fast negative words. Some of you are still allowing the clinging of a viper bite. And for some of you, it came from your own household. Maybe it came from your mother that said you'll never amount to anything. Maybe it came from a father that says you're a loser. Maybe it came from so-called friends and peers that says, bro, give it up. You don't have what it takes. Or maybe it came from someone that says, yeah, I don't know about you. You had a baby out of wedlock. You're damaged goods. Nobody will want you. Nobody wants to be with you. Who wants to take care of somebody with, a, with already a kid? Words that have, you've allowed to linger on you. That have kept you back from God's best in your life. And I feel the anointing of God to declare that today word curses being broken off of people's life. Some of you have been living up to the label that's been placed on you. You are somebody. Failure is not a person. You are not what you've done. You are not a mistake. You're not washed up and finished. The very fact that you are right here under the sound of my voice at this appointed time is to remind you that God is not done with your life. And oh my God, if it's not what he called you, then the devil is a liar. He is a God that can restore. He can reconcile. He can revive. He says, I am he that blots out your transgressions and remember them no more. He's the one that says, I've Crush the head of the serpent so you don't have to live according to that bite. And today is the day that you have the ability to shake it off. Stand to your feet. Because this is what I want you to see. Shake off. The lying voice of depression that says you're never going to come out of this. That's a lie. The voice of anxiety. The voice. I, I, I silence even the lying voice of suicidal tendencies that tell you the only way that's out if you end it all. That's a viper. That's a lie. And you're going to shake it off in Jesus' name. You got too much to live for. Matter of fact, I'm a confirming right now because somebody said, God, if you don't say something to me today, I don't know if I can make it. But he sent a sweaty black joker from the East Coast back to Orange County to remind you that you will make it. You will succeed. You're coming out. You're coming over. Your life is not done. Come on, somebody. And I didn't mean nothing when I said black joker. Don't get crazy. Y'all know me. I'm fam. But I'm passionate about this. Because I know this is the heart of God. On the other side of that shaking, a revival was waking, awaiting.
in Acts. A little girl set free from a spirit of python. My pastor wrote a book. A whole jailhouse on the other side of that shaking. Because see, Paul had already been shook. He watched this. He shook the viper and he shook the chains. He said, y'all can't lock up what's been free. And at midnight, when they begin to praise, the whole jail shook. Watch this. On the other side of that shaking, prisoners were set free. Spirits were cast out. Yokes were destroyed. Burdens were lifted. Captives were set free. My question to you today is this. I wonder what's on the other side of your shaking. So throw your hands up right now and say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender to you right now. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I want you to get on your mind. Holy Spirit, right now, I ask you to bring to remembrance. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you've already been to point out things in people's lives. You've brought it to their minds of things that they've let linger over them. The word curses, things that people have said, even over young people, uh, that, that things are spoken, maybe by someone at school, bullied at school, but, but, but that thing has lingered in your mind. It haunts you at night. It taunts you. Every time you go to step out to do something, you hear that voice and you pull back. Every time you think you're about to move forward that voice echoes again and says you're gonna fail you're gonna fail I come to silence that devil and I'm declaring that you can shake it off whatever it is right now I want you to say I shake it off do it right now verbalize it right now I shake off depression I shake off insecurity I shake off doubt I shake off unbelief I shake it off right now I shake it off right now condemnation you got to go guilt you gotta go shame you gotta go fear you gotta go Low self-esteem, you got to go. Failure, you got to go. Resentment, you got to go. Bitterness, you got to go. I shake it. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.